0: the f1 pod on off the ball
1: surprised by the comments from the fia that they want more teams and less races over the last few years all we've done is add races so that less race comment in particular is an listen interesting listen to one. the f1 pod on off the ball for free wherever you get your podcasts football on off the ball with william hill who you got 18 plus see gamblingcare.ie this is
0: news talk Welcome back to tonight's football show. Richie McCormick here with you. I'm delighted to say that with the WSL on the horizon once again this weekend after the international break, we welcome back Rachel O'Sullivan from Girls on the Ball to the show. Rachel, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, I want to start before we get to club matters with England because uh, things have gone from being absolutely rosy in the garden with brilliant performances, European Championships and World Cup back to back. Suddenly they can't buy a win away from home and the Nations League campaign is dissolved into a bit of a crisis, it would seem, for the first time under Serena Viegman's stewardship.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, To be honest, I'm not hugely surprised. I know you said that, um, obviously, they got to the World Cup final. But to be honest, I don't think they were at their best in that tournament. Um, I think it was a testament that they actually managed to get themselves to that final um, with various kind of tactical changes and that throughout the tournament and various challenges to face. Um, I think we've seen it before when, when teams go from an absolute high of getting to a World Cup to an absolute low of losing a World Cup final and then having to pick themselves back up again and now that these in, these international games are no longer simply friendlies, they mean something, um, getting themselves mentally and physically back up for it again seems to be quite tricky. And it seems that, that for me seems to be what's slightly missing maybe for England at the moment.
0: That is a new ask for for these players as well because the international calendar has suddenly become more packed. And as you mentioned there, much like in the men's game when the Nations League was introduced, it becomes more meaningful. We don't have these down periods whereby you can kind of Feeling your way through a couple of games, and then you have the competitive one at the end of the window. This is pretty much high stakes all of the time, and and it's a learning process, I'd imagine, for these players too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at England after the twenty nineteen World Cup when they crashed out in the semi final, um, with Phil Neville at the helm, they went on a bit of a disastrous run. Um, now at least it's not quite as disastrous. It is only two losses, um, but it is something new for them, you know, to have to. To change, I guess. And I guess that was the point of the Nations League, wasn't it? We were, we didn't want to be seeing teams running away with matches 10 and 20 nil. That's absolutely not happening. Um, and I also think the quirk of the Nations League, where teams are playing, their opposition is often the same opposition, maybe three, four or five days later, which is another kind of unusual thing to get your head around. And I think we've seen that ac- almost across the board, that, national, that the international games where they're playing the same team, the team that lost seems to have almost improved the most in the second match um, and Belgium absolutely did that keeping it tight in the first game to just the 1-0 they knew probably going at home they could potentially get something out of it
0: This is recoverable though you would imagine for for veeman and for England from this point
1: yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's not in their hands anymore, Olympic qualification. Yeah. Um, and it was always going to be tricky. You know, the Netherlands showed their worth during the World Cup. They equally went through a dip after their World Cup final loss in 2019. They went on a, on a big dip as well. And um, they're absolutely fine on their feet again and, and did play well in the World Cup. Um, so, you know, it was always going to be a challenge topping the group. And um, It is recoverable, but it means that England have to rely on results going their way as well as winning both of their matches. And that won't be easy. They're in Hampton Park against Scotland and at Wembley against the Netherlands. So they're big matches. And
0: explain to us a little bit the quirk of that Scotland game as well, because Scotland could win the game and ultimately cost their own players a a place in Paris next year.
1: Yes, so because of um, where England finished and it was kind of decided that should that qualification happen, um, it would be England that would represent. England would ultimately need to gain that spot uh, in order for a Team GB to be developed. Um, so that, yeah, that unusual quirk is that should Scotland win, Team GB won't be representing represented at football in the Olympics um, next year. But I mean, let's be real, Scotland are going to be focusing on winning the match, beating England, that's the ultimate. Um, and realistically, there wouldn't be a huge cohort of Scottish players uh, in that Team GB squad should should England qualify.
0: For the two or three that will be there though, there's going to be a little bit of a sting when they realise that they don't get to be part of the whole hoopla of an Olympic Games because, yeah, of, because a, of a win if it comes off, like...
1: It's an interesting one for the manager, you know, because he wants to win everything. He wants their team to go out there and win everything. So do the players. Um, But, you know, you'd be looking at your Aaron Cuthberts and the like. I mean, Caroline Weir, obviously, with the ACL injury, um, would be a big loss. But, yeah, there's a couple of them there that could have one eye eye on both.
0: It's an interesting one, to say the least. By contrast, this has been a brilliant international break. And we've had a couple of them uh, for Ireland, winning promotion to League A of the Nations League perhaps farcical circumstances for the second of those games this week in Albania. It wasn't the greatest reflection of how the women's game is treated there, that there wasn't anybody at that halftime break working on the pitch to try and make it playable after the torrential rain that they had in Skoda.
1: Yeah, farcical was the word I used. Um, You know, initially you're looking at it and kind of laughing at how ridiculous it is and then you get to the point where you think this is absolutely, you know, bonkers that it's continuing on. Um, I think there's an element of Confidence as well with referees willing to make those big decisions. Maybe a referee hasn't experienced something like that before where they have to call off a game. And, you know, I think the players realistically were probably glad they managed to get to the half, finish the half, nil, nil, rather than have a stop start first half and then have to go back out again for the second. Um, But look, had Ireland, you know, lost that game, it would have been, there would have been huge questions asked. Um, So, yeah, it's frustrating because, it, you don't need a super technical, well-qualified referee to kind of look at that and go, do you know what? I think we need to call this game off or at least postpone it for a while. Um, I think the amount of time it took to do that was really frustrating. But the main thing for Ireland will be they got the win. Um, and I think when, I think Ireland, it's almost like they're in this transition now where they're going from a team that's used to potentially fighting in a group, defending deeply, you know, getting a win, scraping a win at times. And now they're at the top of these groups beating these teams, they need to gain experience in certain situations. And look, not many people are gonna have played a game like that, but they've played a game where the win wasn't guaranteed. They were going out there, should be winning that game comfortably and suddenly they're up against it. And so I think coming out of that game with the win and winning it the way that they did is another kind of notch of experience for them. Um, And they're gaining a huge amount of that during this uh, international window.
0: And as you mentioned, it kind of touched upon there, we're going to learn a lot about the differences between League A and League B by virtue of Ireland going up and and rubbing shoulders with the, the Englands, the Germanys, the Netherlands of this world. Because there is a chasm still there. I guess that was evidenced, not only with Ireland, but with other teams throughout the World Cup too. It's going to be a tough ask and they will be back to that sensation of holding tight and trying to get something from a game and keeping it close as best they can with an hour hour gone on the clock. And that's going to be another big ask of that team and and, and of the manager, whoever that might be, to come in.
1: Yeah, but I think what this has done for them, the League B qualification, you know, we're kind of seeing what happened with Wales. Wales have ended up in League A and it's just, it's almost impossible for them to get out of that group. Um, And they're having a really tough run of it. So actually Ireland getting that League B spot being the best team, getting confident on the ball, being allowed to try different formations, bringing new players in, new new relationships and partnerships being developed under circumstances where they're not under a huge amount of pressure is going to be so valuable for them. Um, banging away the goals, really important. We hadn't really seen them score more than three goals in matches for a while. So that's going to be really important because when they step into League A, those opportunities may be few and far between and they need to be confident and comfortable when they do come along that they're putting them away and not kind of relying on trying to find another chance against a team that's probably going to dominate.
0: Yeah, they have found different ways to skin a cat. And I guess you saw that there was a lot of uh, I'll blow and I'll blow and blow your house down against Albania because they did have plenty of chances. And that ball seemed to have been cleared off the line in the second half more times than, than I could care to remember. But there is an, a newfound confidence about how they play at the moment. And it's been really evident in the last couple of international windows.
1: Yeah, they have a swagger, which is quite nice to yeah. see. Um, and I know you touched on on the chasm in the game and the 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 golf maybe, and we saw a little bit of that at the World Cup. But actually, for me, I think that golf has closed a huge amount, and Ireland showed that in in arguably one of the toughest groups that they could stand on that stage and not look at a place. Um, so to have that behind them, and now to have a comfortable, you know, journey through League B. It's only going to benefit them um, and it's only going to give them confidence and confidence in each other as well. And we don't only have to rely on Katie McCabe, although she does step up and produce unbelievable performances. We've got other player, players growing in confidence and we've got young players coming through and playing well as well, and they can gain confidence as well. So yeah, it's an exciting time.
0: And more experienced players who can't find their way into the squad as well. When you think of the Amber Barrett's and Jan Kiernan's, et cetera, this world who weren't involved in, in these past windows as well, they're players who we know can offer something if they are called upon.
1: Yeah, and look, the next international window, they could be back with with players coming back from injury. You've got Aoife Mannion, Littlejohn, you said Leanne Kiernan there, Nifahi. you know, and look at Ireland having depth and really, really good quality depth. Like that's, you know, a headache for a coach, but I'm sure they'd much rather have that headache than, you know, potentially a a thin squad, if you like.
0: The, The coaching appointment thing is going to be interesting, though, when you think of there is that growing sensation that I think Leeson probably doesn't want the gig full time, and who mm-hmm. does now is going to be a, a the big sixty four thousand dollar question as to who comes in now, and, and I don't know if we. It's one of those things we haven't really seen names floating around too much. And on a few, heard anything on the grapevine over there.
1: No, it seems to be kept really tight-lipped. Um, and it's funny because you've got the USA you know, looking for a new coach at the moment. They've already staked their top three and, and who they're going for. We haven't really seen that with Ireland. Um, but it is an opportunity for the FAI to show just how much they're going to support this team. It could They could really stake a claim if they bring in a really experienced coach, an experienced coach in the international stage, a coach potentially who's won something before. I know that's not necessarily an easy find, but... You know, that in itself would give the team even more confidence if they see the Federation saying, right, we really believe in this squad. We want you to carry on qualifying for major tournaments. So we're going to get yeah. someone in who knows just how to do that.
0: Just not perhaps Phil Neville.
1: Yeah, that's uh, very... Probably. Well, look, <laughs> he got to a major tournament. We'll give him that. That's
0: <laughs> uh, true enough. Uh, we do have a really significant card of, of WSL games going up this weekend. Um, Particularly, you look at that clash of Arsenal at Manchester City at lunchtime on Sunday has the potential to be huge because City have started the season well and Arsenal stumbled in their first couple of games would have finally gotten some traction before the latest international break.
1: Arsenal have been funny because I think along the way, these first few games, you know, when they managed to get that draw at Manchester United, you thought, okay, this is it. They have found the spark. They found it, you know, they've clicked. They're going to carry on now and, and play the way we expect them to play. And then, you know, scraping a win against Villa with those last minute goals, you know, only 2-0 against Bristol. I mean, to be fair, they did play well. Bristol defended well, but Arsenal did create chances. So it's been a bit stop-start. You're kind of waiting for them to, to find their rhythm. And, um, and I guess they would have maybe liked to have found that rhythm before they play Manchester City. Um, it will be interesting, though, because coming off the back of an international break, there's so many players that have been involved um, across the last couple of weeks. And you look at someone like Alex Greenwood at Manchester City, who I highly, highly doubt is going to play given yeah. she was knocked out in the game and, and taken off in a stretcher. Um, she'll be a big loss. You know, they've got the quality, but the leadership she brings is quite important to that team. So that will be interesting. You know, they've the likes of Alana Kennedy plays for Australia, Arsenal the same. They've three Australians in the team um, who've been starting for them. Kyra Cooney-Cross may be coming off the bench, but, you know, there's another few players who maybe won't be starting. So something for the managers to now have to contend with given it's such a big fixture.
0: How do you see that one going?
1: Realistically, I think Manchester City should win it. Um, But, you know, I looked at the way Leicester set up against them and, and they they are vulnerable as well. Um, but equally, you look at Arsenal creating 28 odd chances against teams and not even half of them on target. So they, they aren't being clinical either. So it, it makes for an exciting game, I guess. But realistically, Manchester City should be able to edge it.
0: Yeah. Spurs have impressed a lot of people actually with their start of the season too, haven't they?
1: Yeah, the new manager has brought in a new lease of life into that team. They're so exciting to watch. And I'll be honest, I probably didn't say that a lot about yeah. Spurs in seasons gone. Um, he, he loves attacking football. He's not the kind of manager to sit back and defend. I'd be blown away by the amount of chances they're creating regularly at every game up into double figures on a regular occasion. They had 15 chances against Chelsea, 11 of which were on target in the first game of the season. That's the highest amount of shots I think Chelsea had faced on target in a number of years. And to be coming from Spurs. So they've really surprised people. Um, I think the way they kind of took apart Aston Villa said a lot as well. Um, and of course Martha Thomas is having the time of her life there, bagging so many goals and getting player of the player of the month, Barclays player of the month, and Beth England is still coming back from injury. So I feel like there's more to come from them, which is very exciting.
0: Um, they do have a, a tricky one this weekend uh, with Everton, but we touch on Chelsea as well before we let you go, Rachel. They their away to to Aston Villa should be uh, a comfortable three points for Chelsea, but there's a lot of should-be's in football.
1: Yes, and look at they when they play Aston Villa in previous seasons, it's not necessarily easy for Chelsea. They're not automatically guaranteed. They've won, but it's it's not an easy win. And you know when I think back to that FA Cup semi final last season, Chelsea just won it. Um, Carla Ward was heartbroken at Aston Villa they'd come so close but equally Aston Villa have had a really poor start to the season um, so it could be an interesting one Chelsea are obviously winning but they don't look necessarily to be winning very comfortably um, and they will have players that have been away Sam Kerr the obvious player who's going to have been away in the international break Me official as well who's kind of the backup for Sam Kerr um, so it, it'll be interesting who starts up front for them um, Aston Villa will have Kirsty Hansen back who has been a big loss to them she was um, got a straight red in the first game of the season and has been a huge huge loss for them so she will be back this weekend and Carla Ward is hoping that Kenza Daly will be fit who's also missed the first four games and has key, key part of their success last season. So I think she's keeping her cards close to her chest. She said that they're not 100% sure whether she'll be back on the pitch, but they're hoping she is. So I'd say maybe there's a little bit of mind games there, but yeah. maybe Dali just isn't quite ready yet.
0: Listen, I know we're only four games in, but it is nice to have the sense that this isn't just going to be a two, three horse race. There's a couple of teams there that are already in and around the upper echelons of the league. And there's a couple bubbling under that you feel if they do have a run, could put together a title challenge this season.
1: Well, look, I touched on that Leicester-Man City game. That was a top-of-the-table clash, yeah. uh, which I don't think many of us ever thought we'd say, given Leicester had zero points come Christmas last year. Um, you know, and, and they have a chance to potentially, I think they're playing Liverpool this weekend, another big game, Liverpool have started well. Um, and there's not much in it. I know Arsenal are sitting seventh currently, but they are only three points off Manchester City who are top of the table. So it's still fairly close um, and I think yeah there's going to be a few teams maybe that have surprised us all that we wouldn't have predicted at the beginning of the season
0: Yeah it's going to be an interesting one hopefully we'll speak to you again very shortly on Matters WSL and otherwise uh, Rachel O'Sullivan from Girls Off the Ball on, on the ball even pardon me uh, thanks for joining <laughs> us this evening
1: Thank you so much cheers Cheers Football on Off the Ball with William Hill who you got 18 plus see gamblingcare.ie this is News Talk